I'm Jim Brown, your Bible teacher here at Grace and Truth Ministries. I am in a subject that has been so broad and it's just scattering all over the Bible. And that is spiritual circumcision and the outer man. Let me write that down again. Spiritual circumcision. And the, and the outer man, the outer man. Spiritual circumcision is God getting rid of the outer man in our life over a long period of time. It might take God 15, 20, 30, 40 years to get rid of the sin that does so easily beset us, like Hebrews 12 talks about, and the outer man. Paul said in Romans 7, Romans 7, he says there is, Romans 7, there's an inner man. That's the new birth. That's the new birth. And there is an outer man. And that serves the law of the flesh. The inner man serves God. That's what Paul said in Romans seven twenty five. He said, when I do the things that I don't want to do, and every one of us have been guilty of that, that's called sin. When, when I do the things I don't want to be doing, it's no more I that do it, but sin that but sin that dwelleth in me. He said, I've got a fleshly man that lives in this body. I'm going to say it one more time so you'll understand. You've got a part of you that can't quit sinning, and you have a part of you as a believer that can't, can't sin. And you'll find that in John's, in the epistles of John. John says in 1 John 1 and 8, 1 and 8, he says, if we say we have no sin, have is present tense. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us if we say we don't sin. And then he says, the same man says in 1 John 3 and 9, Whosoever is born of God, that's that inner man. Whosoever is born of God, God doth not commit sin. For the seed of God remains in him, and he cannot sin. The same man says within these two chapters of one another, this man can't quit sinning, and this man can't sin. That's because you've got an inner man that serves God's law. That's the new birth. That's when you're born again. And you'll be fighting this outer man. When you first come to the knowledge of Christ, you've got what Jesus kept addressing the apostles with this. He'd say, O ye of little faith. Little faith is the word oligo. O-L-I-G-O-P-I-S-T-I-S. Pistis is the word faith. 
Oligos, O-L-I-G-O-S, is the word little or puny. It means, oh, you have puny faith. When the apostles first come to Christ and he called them, they were just kids. They were not old men. When you see a picture of Jesus walking through some field and the apostles are walking behind him, they're a bunch of gray-haired men with long beards. That's not true. How in the world could Jesus be calling John the Beloved at 30... 30 A.D. And how could John be an old man when he's going to write Revelation in 96 A.D., 66 years later? He wouldn't be an old man. Whoever write, whoever draws these paintings of these religious paintings is ridiculous. That's just like the the Lord's Supper, and they show every they show all the apostles on one side of the table. That's the stupidest picture I think I've ever seen. I wouldn't have one of those in my house for no reason. I got pictures. I got pictures of what they were eating. They were eating at a feast table. It's not good grief alive. Do you know why they drew that Last Supper the way he did? Leonardo da Vinci was a homosexual. He didn't know anything about the Bible. So when you get into the Lord's Supper, the, the things that they come up with and draw are just nutty. That's like, that's like, uh, hold on a second here. Here it is right here. That was a feast table. Right here. They called it a triclinium. That's because it was a three-sided table. A three-sided table. And the one that was waiting on it, she would come down this middle of the table and serve them. And when John lay in Jesus' bosom, he did not lay his... They weren't all on one side of the table and he lays his head over in Jesus' Jesus bosom. That's not what it's talking about. You, they would lay on the triclinium like his, this man is leaning on that elbow, reaching out for the food here. And if he wanted to uh, talk to this woman here, he would lie back on her, in her bosom and lean back to talk to her. has nothing to do with that dumb picture. People got it all over America. I probably got 5,000 pictures of this in my library at home. It's just dumb. That's just like... Now, Sheldon gave me that. I think that was you gave me that picture of the ark back there, didn't you? That's a dumb picture, Sheldon. I hung it up there. <laughs> Just so I could use it. The ark, here's what the ark looked like. It looked like a box because that's all it was. And there was one opening right here. They didn't have a deck to walk up and down on. They had. They were in that ark 370 days smelling all that stinking manure of the camels and the elephants and all that smell of the urine. Whew. Would you call that a fiery trial? Oh, I guess so. Anyway, that's just a few of the things that they've misdrawn.
of course, why wouldn't they? Most of the super artists were homosexuals. Anyway, so much for that. Now, we've been talking about this spiritual circumcision. That's when God, the Bible speaks of that. It says in Deuteronomy 10, let's look at Deuteronomy 10. Deuteronomy 10. I'm going to remind you of some things that I said to you last message. Deuteronomy, the 10th chapter. I'll get over there. All right. Deuteronomy 10. And verse 12. 10 and 12. This is talking about spiritual circumcision. 10 and 12. Now, Deuteronomy is right before, right before they're crossing the Jordan River to go in and repossess the land. They've wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. And Deuteronomy is, they're right, let me go over there and click over to it, where they are. this will do right here they have wandered in this wilderness for 40 years Deuteronomy they've come in through Edom going north of the Dead Sea and they're going to cross the Jordan River and encamp at a place called Gilgal that's the first place they encamp and that's what this book is about They've gone through all kinds of adventures. The book of Numbers is about when they leave Mount Sinai and they head off to Kadesh Barnea. When they leave Mount Sinai, that's in Numbers, the 10th chapter. They leave there and the entire journey in the wilderness for 40 years is found in the book of Numbers. From Numbers, the 10th chapter to the end of the book. What Deuteronomy is about, they're over here. God has killed off all the unbelievers in the wilderness, and they're about to cross the river and go over there and possess the land. Now, let's read here in verse 12. Now, Israel, what doth the Lord thy God require of thee as you're going into this new land? What does he require? But to fear the Lord thy God, to walk in all of his ways, to be obedient to him, and to love him and to serve the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul, to keep the commandments of the Lord and his statutes which, com which I command thee this day for thy good. Well, that's the same thing as spiritual circumcision, cutting off all of your works. Behold, the heaven and the heaven, the heaven of heavens, is the Lord thy God. The earth also, with all that is in therein, is. Only the Lord had a delight in thy fathers and loved them, and He chose their seed after them, even you above all people, as it is this day. And He says in the seventh chapter, I didn't choose you because you're the greatest of people; you're the smallest of people. You're the few. Circumcise therefore the foreskin of your heart, not of the genitalia.
and being no more stiff-necked. So if you're stiff-necked and you rebel against God, that's when you're not circumcised of the heart, when you're living in your sin. For the Lord your God is a God of gods and a Lord of lords, a great God, a mighty and a terrible. Ooh, how's that for describing God? Which regardeth not persons, nor taketh reward. He doth execute the judgment of the fatherless and the widow, and loveth the stranger in giving him food and raiment. Love ye therefore the stranger, for ye were strangers in the land of Egypt. Thou shalt fear the Lord thy God. Him shalt thou serve, and to him shalt thou cleave and swear by his name. Now look over here in Deuteronomy 30. Who's going to be to do the circumcision? Something kind of occurred to me just the other day in this. David said, Deliver me from the wicked, which is thy sword in thy hand. It's a cutting instrument that God would, that a man would use to circumcise all the males on the eighth day. A cutting instrument. There's a cutting instrument that God uses to circumcise the outer man in us that wants to live for self. It's the sword of evil men. Now, look here in Deuteronomy 30. And verse 6. I love this chapter. I've always taught on it a lot. 30 and verse 6. And the Lord thy God will circumcise thine heart. So it's God that's going to do the circumcising. And the heart of thy seed to love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, with all that thou mayest live. You cannot be circumcised spiritually without loving God with all of your being. Now, let's go over to Ephesians, the second chapter. Ephesians, the second chapter, we're talking about these two men in us, the inner man and the outer man. The outer man is what is circumcised and cut off. That's when we go through all these trials year after year after year, and one day we throw our hands in the air, like that letter that that Michelle wrote to us that I read to you earlier. It's like she came to a place and said, I give up, God. Boy, you've hit me with everything you can imagine to be hit with. Your father gets killed. Your mother and brother gets killed. You get passed around from family members and nothing is going right. And you, and you throw your hands in the air and say, God, forgive me. I've done that. I've been there. Now look here in Ephesians. The second chapter. Ephesians, the second chapter, and Colossians, the second chapter, are sister chapters. He's talking about, I've given this to you, that he's talking about all through this first and second chapter. He's going to make Jew and Gentile one new man. Says that over and over. He says that in, in verse 14. Verse 15, make two one new man. And then he says the same thing in 16 and in 18. 
he says we're going to become one new man that means the Gentiles we're talking about spiritual Israel Israel is spiritual if Israel is spiritual everything about Israel is spiritual and the Gentile church is spiritual Israel and I don't know if most of you know that most preachers hate that doctrine. They want to say, Israel and the church are two different things. No, they're not. Even the word church is the word ecclesia, E-K-K-L-E-S-I-A. It comes from ek and kaleo. Kaleo means to call, ek means out. We get our word exit from that. It means to call out. Israel was called out of Egypt to wander through the wilderness. We're called out of this world to wander through a wilderness world so we can cross the border and go into heaven one day. That's a literal picture of us. Now, if you look at... He's talking about here in verse, I said this the other day, circumcision was a title for the Jew, circumcision. Do you know that most preachers won't even mention that word because they're embarrassed, has something to do with the sexual genitalia, and they won't even mention it, and it's crazy. Because true circumcision is cutting off self. Now, when, when you're talking about, and the Bible mentions the circumcision, that is a reference back to Genesis 17. When the Lord tells Abraham, I'll be your God, you'll be my people, and you'll circumcise the foreskin of the flesh. When you get into spiritual circumcision, it has to do with getting rid of the outer man. And over years, over years, that inner man will require that the outer man die and vote with him. It'll be through trials and tribulation and persecution and all kinds of struggles in life that's going to cause you one day to wake up and say, this outer man has got to die. It's easy to say that at 83 years old. I'm 83. It's hard to say it. 23. It's nearly impossible to say that at 33, 43. The longer, if the longer you live as a believer, God will put you to hell and back. And you'll wake up one day, you might be 60 and throw your hands in the air and say, I surrender, God, I give up, don't hit me no more. You'll feel like Cool Hand Luke in that movie, Don't Hit Me Again, Boss. And you'll be talking to God. Now, circumcision, the circumcision was a title for the Jews. Paul said in Galatians, the second chapter, I'm a minister to these, the uncircumcision. Uncircumcision is a term for Gentiles. That's everybody that's not a Jew. Gentile. He said Peter is a minister 
to the circumcision. I'm a minister to the uncircumcision. Paul said that he came. Every book he wrote was to a Gentile people. Gentile church. Romans, 1st and 2nd Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Even the books to the pastors. 1st and 2nd Timothy, Titus, and Titus. Those were pastors of Gentile churches. That's what it's all about. That's what it's about. Now, then he says in verse in verse 11, he says, Wherefore remember that ye being in time past Gentiles in the flesh. He's telling an Ephesian church, Ephesus. Here it is. On the western end of Asia Minor, or what we call Turkey, that was a Gentile church. He said, in time past, you were called the uncircumcision. But that's not what you are now. How can we not be Israel when he wants to equate every phase of the Jewishness of the Bible to the church? And he says... You were called the uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh. And then he says that at that time you were without Christ being aliens. Apolotrio, which means you were estranged. You were strangers to the commonwealth. Commonwealth, I said it last time, politia. P-O-L-E-T-E-I-A. We get our word politic from that. It means citizenship. You were aliens to the citizenship of Israel, but you're not anymore. Because he goes on to say after all the ones, after he's going to make both one, he goes down here into verse 19. Now, therefore, you are no more strangers. No more strangers. Ephesian Gentile church are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow fellow citizens. Sum politis. Sum means with. Sum P-O-L-I-T-E-S. Sum means with. Your politics are your fellow citizens with the Jews. And I don't know why preachers don't like that. The Bible says so. And then you go over here to Colossians, the sister chapter to Ephesians, the second chapter. Over here in Colossians, the second chapter, he's saying the basic same things in Colossians, the second chapter that he said in Ephesians, the second chapter, basic same things. And he says here in verse 11, talking to a Colossian Gentile church. Colossians right about here, just a few miles from Ephesus. I've got a map with it on it. Let me see if I can... Here. So here is 
Here's Colossia right here. There's Ephesus right here. Colossia. He's saying basically the same things to Colossia. He says, you are fellow citizens with the Jews in Israel. Then he says here, in verse 11, speaking to a Gentile church, what's, I have read this at least a hundred times in the last year. At least. Remember, Colossia was Gentile. Before Jesus was nailed to the cross, if you were Gentile coming to Israel, if you were in Colossia, and you're going to come to Israel and you want to become a member of Israel, you had to go through a proselyte process. It was what we have here in America. It's it's a program you go through to become a citizen. It's called naturalization. They had to do three things if they're coming from Colossia before he was nailed to the cross. When he was nailed to the cross, so I'll have to go through that in a minute. So, they had to go through three things. Let's just say, before Jesus died, if they were coming to Colossians and want to become a member of what they called the kingdom of God, which was Israel, they had to be circumcised. All because Abraham, the father of, of Israel, was circumcised and told everybody in your household has to be circumcised. They were circumcised, washed in water that they called a new birth. And they had to offer two turtle doves at the temple. And that was the proselyte process to become a member of the kingdom of God. We're not, we don't believe in washing in water anymore. That was blotted out. Then let's read this. And you can, I've never had anybody comment after I've read this. And he's talking to a Gentile Colossian church in whom also you're circumcised with the circumcision made without hands. It's not a physical circumcision. It's a spiritual in putting off the body of the sins of the flesh. Oh, that sounds just like circumcising a man, doesn't it? By the circumcision of Jesus Christ, buried with him in baptism. Whoops, there we are. That program, circumcision, washed in water, but it's not literal water they're washed in. It's living water. That's why he says, my spirit is living water. Buried with him in baptism, wherein you are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God who hath raised him from the dead. I could say a lot about baptized. Baptized does not mean to immerse in water or sprinkle water. It means to cover something with a stain or dye. comes from baptizo. Which means to cover. It doesn't even mean to dip. And bapto means to stain with a dye. 
to stain. A blood baptism in the first century was a death or a martyrdom. I don't know why I'm the only guy that can find out this information. I do have a magnificent library in my home, one of the best research libraries I believe in the country. And then he says, And you in being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh hath he quickened. Z-O-O P-O-I-E-O Poel means to make zoo alive. You go to the zoo to see living animals. means to make alive. He's made you Gentiles alive without being washed in water. He hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances. Little circumcision was blotted out. So was all the washing in water. So was the temple and all of its ministry and its services. You had a temple. I've said this already the other day. You had the entrance there. You had the veil. You had the Ark of the Covenant here. You had the table of showbread on the outer sanctuary. And you had it on the north north side of the outer sanctuary. You had the altar of incense. And you had the seven candlesticks. We've already said the seven candlesticks, according to Revelation 1 and 20, 1 and 20, the seven candlesticks is the seven churches of Asia. How in the world could we be the seven churches or the seventh church and not be Jewish? We are Jewish when we're believers. And we being many are one bread and one body. The bread. That's the church. And the veil, the Bible says, the veil is his flesh. The veil is the flesh of Christ. And we have a new high priest that enters in and sprinkles our hearts. Instead of sprinkling the Ark of the Covenant and the altar of incense is our prayers, according to Revelation, the fourth chapter. Prayers. It's the prayers of the saints. This looks Jewish to me, doesn't it, you? What what do they mean we're not a Jewish people? We are spiritual. What gets me? Over in Hebrews, the 12th chapter, the writer of Hebrews said, We are heavenly Jerusalem, the church of the firstborn. We are heavenly Jerusalem, the church. How in the world could we be heavenly Jerusalem and not be Jewish? Did you know all the Baptists hate what I'm saying here? And they are utterly ignoring these verses. They just don't care. They say, well, we we as Baptists, I know what you believe. I was raised in a Baptist preacher's home. You don't believe nothing. I'm sick of the Baptist church. The Baptist church believed predestination 200 years ago and preached it. The Southern Baptist Convention was founded on that. And they believed that Christmas was paganism 200 years ago. The Baptist church believed that. The most famous Baptist preacher in Europe back in the 1800s was a man that 
that everybody's familiar with in the Baptist church, Charles Spurgeon. Charles Spurgeon was the most famous Baptist preacher in Europe in the late 1800s. He said Christmas was a lump of wickedness. Did you preachers, do you Baptists not know that? Christmas is Christ's Mass, it's Roman Catholicism. It was against the law to celebrate Christmas 300 years ago in America. Now, so you see here, and then it goes on down. Let's read on down. You being dead in your sins and uncircumcision in your flesh, he's talking to a Colossian Gentile church. You're not circumcised, but you're spiritually circumcised. Hath he quickened, made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances. The law comes in two parts. Paul said so in the third chapter of Second Corinthians. It comes in the spirit. That's the part has not been blotted out. And the letter. The letter is the rituals. That's the rituals. The letter and the rituals. Blotting out. When they wanted to do one contract, they would take the two required witnesses in every court of law in Israel had two witnesses. They had to be reliable. They couldn't lie. And they took him out in public with the two original contracting parties and said, now, is everybody in agreement we'll invalidate this contract? They'd say yes. And they'd drive a nail through it. Just like we'll take a, a notary stamp and stamp it. They did the same thing. That held up in their courts of law. And they blotted out the rituals. They didn't blot out the law. The law is still here. Can you go out and murder somebody? Huh? Can you steal? <laughs> I, I, these people say the law is done away with. What is wrong with you people? You, can you commit adultery? Can you do these things you're not supposed to do? Is the law forever? Yes. I gave it to you the other day. Paul said in the very last verse of the second chapter of Romans, do we make void the law through faith? Yea, we establish the law. Faith, faith works by love. Love, I keep saying there's two words for love. Agape and phileo. Agape has to do with the law of God. Agape, Jesus, or John said, this is agape, Second John 6. This is agape that we walk after his commandments. Is that obeying God? Is that obeying the law? But that wouldn't just be the Ten Commandments. That would be every imperative mood in the New Testament. Every imperative mood, mood, that's a command. When he would say, strive to enter at the straight gate, strive. Agonizomai, A-G-O-N-I-Z-O-M-A-I. That's our word, agonize. That's not an invitation, Luke thirteen twenty four. That's a command to every believer. You're going to have to agonize over your sin, over that outer man. Is anybody here agonizing besides me? 
always say besides me because that is something that's common to every man. There's no temptation taking you, but such as is common to me. It says such as is common to man. And I'm a man. I've owned up to the sin that's been in my life through the years. That's the only way you can get rid of the outer man is own up to it. I know what men think. I are one. I know what they think when they see a scantily clad woman. Don't tell me what you think. Oh, it doesn't bother me. Yes, it does. Men. It's just, you're not supposed to. You have to fight yourself to make yourself look away, don't you, John? First thought is always wrong. Yes, that's right. Thank you. My first thought is always wrong. Thank you, John. And that's true. See, all you have to do is own up to who you are. I didn't say participate. I didn't say yield to sin. You got to fight it. And that's the truth. You have to fight every phase of sin. It's it's that inner man telling the outer man, you got to die. Now, Let's read the rest of this. Blotting out the head and writing the ordinances. That was against us. It was contrary to everything we do. And took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. I've never heard anybody address this verse in my life, ever. And you have to go into commentaries to find out what that meant. Drive a nail through it. And then he says, and having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them overly triumphing over them in it. Then he says, don't let any man judge you in these rituals. Let no man therefore judge you in meats that the Jews forbid. Because all the rest of this verse is talking about Jewish things. Or in drink. Our respect of any holy day. People say, well, see, you're not supposed to judge people about Christmas. That's not a holy day. Where'd you get that? It's talking about don't let anybody judge you in Passover, Pentecost, or Feast of End Gathering. Or of a new moon. The new moon, for seven straight months, starting in the month Nisan, Going, that's the first month of their year to Tishri, the seventh month. And they had a new month. They had a new moon Sabbath every first of the month. And they would sound a trumpet for seven straight months. And he said, don't let anybody tell you you've got to be keeping these rituals. Which are a shadow. Skia. It's just a shade. All the shadow is is just a shade. The Old Testament was a shadow, not the very image. The image is us. Now, I've got so many more things. I told you the other day that there in, in uh, if you look at Revelation 3.12. Revelation 3.12. I'm going to read this again because I want you to get a hold of some of this. When you read this 3.12 and people say we're not Jewish, I can't see how they can even read this and say that. We're spiritual Jews. 
And he says here in 3.12, Him that overcometh, I gave this to you the other day, overcome is a verb. Verb shows action. Let me write that down up here. Him that overcometh. N-I-K-A-O. Nikao. That's the word overcometh. In the Greek, you'll have a verb and you have a noun form of it. The noun form of nikao is nike, N-I-K-E. Probably get the word Nike from that. Nike is the word victory. So what you do is you buy some Nike shoes and you go out and run everybody, right? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> but anyway, what is the victory that overcomes the world? Even our faith. Faith is death to self. The Bible teaches that it's death to self. So if you want to overcome the fleshly outer man, you got to die to him. If you live long enough, I don't want the things at 83 that I wanted when I was 35. I wanted a new supercar at 35. I did not want, I wanted the house I wanted, the money I wanted. I wanted to make lots of money. I wanted to be famous. I wanted to make lots of bucks. I don't care about none of that now. Remember thy creators in the days of thy youth, when the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh, when thou shalt say, I have no more pleasure in the days of my youth. All you have to do to get over that outer man is get old. That'll help you more than anything. Get old. Oh, that takes time, though, doesn't it? Yeah, it sure does. Now, so we're talking about being spiritual Jews. Look over here in Romans, the second chapter. Oh, I didn't, I didn't finish reading that, did I? Let me finish reading that in in Revelation, then I'll go to, go to Romans, the fourth chapter. I, I don't know how preachers can get around spiritual Israel. Everything we... It's a certain number of people, and it's just a few that's predestinated. Let's read the rest of this verse. Him that overcometh, I will make a pillar in the temple of my God. Is he going to make us out of marble? Or is that a spiritual temple? Oh, that's right. We're the temple of God, aren't we? And he shall go no more out. And I will write upon him the name of my God. And I write upon him the name of the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem. Who's he talking to here? He's talking to the church at Philadelphia. He's not talking about some foreign people. He's talking to the church at Philadelphia there. He's, we're just, I don't know how in the world. And then he says, which is New Jerusalem. He's going to call the church New Jerusalem and we're not Jewish. That's, that's crazy, isn't it? We are Jewish. And it's New Jerusalem which cometh down out of heaven from my God and I will write upon him my new name 
Now look over here in Romans, the second chapter. I, I don't know why. Can I find these things? Or am I reading something into them they're not saying? No, I'm not. He's going to call us heavenly Jerusalem and we're not Jewish? That's crazy. You preachers that say we're not heavenly Jerusalem and this is not spiritual circumcision. It's not You're nuts is what you are. You know what it is? They went to some seminary that taught this and taught against it and they have to hold on to their statement of faith because if they don't, they'll get kicked out of their church for going to something that doesn't teach what they taught. That's like if you go to a Baptist church and you tell them there is no pre-trib rapture, they'll say, we're going to ask you not to talk about that here. There's no pre-trib rapture. We're going to be changed at the last trump. 1 Corinthians 15, 51, 52, 53. And seven trumpets sound in Revelation 8, 9, and 10. And the seven trumpets that sound are by the same seven angels, which are within the seven candlesticks, which is Jewish. It's just amazing to me. Now look here in Romans, the second chapter. They were having a battle among the believers at Rome. If you don't know this, you're not going to understand this book. They had Jewish believers, people that had been Jews, and they had Gentile believers. Rome was a Gentile church. Let me erase this. And they were battling more or less and the Jews there were thinking, we're better than the Gentiles because God loved us first. They were kind of like Tommy and, and Dickie Smothers. Remember, God loves you best. They, so the Jews are saying, God loves us first because he loved us best. And Paul is trying to straighten them out. And he says here, starting in verse verse chapter 2 chapter 2 we'll start early in the chapter in verse 21 thou therefore which teachest another teachest not thyself also thou that preachest a man should not steal do you steal Thou that sayest a man should not commit adultery, do you commit adultery by looking at a woman and lusting after her in your heart? Thou that abhorrest idols, dost thou commit sacrilege? Anybody can be an idol worshiper. Remember the word idol in the Greek is ido, lo, la, tria. Comes from ido, meaning to see, and latruo, meaning to serve. It means to serve what you put into your eyes and ears. That's what it means. Have you ever done that? I have. Every one of us have done that. 
haven't we? The idol we serve is the one that we shave in the morning. You women, it's the one you comb your hair and primp. That's who your idol is. Serving what you're looking at. I've got to do this, and I've got to have that, and I've got to have her, and I've got to have him. And then he says, Thou that makest thy boast of the law, thou breakest the law, dishonorest thou God, for the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles through you as it is written. For circumcision verily profiteth if thou keep the law. But if you're a breaker of the law, your circumcision as a Jew is made uncircumcision. You're the same thing as a Gentile. I don't care if you're one of the tribes of Israel. Therefore, if the uncircumcision, the Gentiles, that's a term for Gentiles. That's everybody that's not a Jew. If the uncircumcision keep the righteousness of the law, shall not his uncircumcision be counted for circumcision? He'll be counted as a Jew. The Bible says you and I, when we keep the law of God, we're going to be counted as Jews with Israel. We're going to be one body with them. But they don't get to be Jews just because they were born into Israel because the Bible says that too. Hold your place there and look over here in Romans 9. Now hold your place. I'm going to come back to that. He says here in verse 6, Not as though the word of God hath taken none effect, for they are not all Israel which are of Israel. That means they're not in Israel just because they were born to the tribe of Benjamin or or Simeon or one of those tribes of Israel. That doesn't make them a Jew. Neither because they are the seed of Abraham are they all children, but in Isaac shall thy seed be called. In Isaac, what does that mean? It means in the resurrection because Isaac was raised from the dead loins of his father and the dead womb of his mother. And it was they were too old to have children. And God says, Abraham, you're 99. Sarah, you're 89. You're going to have a son. Abraham said, okay. It ceased to be after it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. She didn't ovulate anymore. Abraham had no more seed. No sperm. God says you're going to have a son anyway. So when we're called in Isaac, we're called in the resurrection. This is what the Bible's talking about in Galatians, the third chapter. The scripture foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith. Preached before the gospel to Abraham. The gospel's the resurrection. The, re- the gospel preached to Abraham was that I'm going to raise a living child from your dead womb and your dead loins that's calling things that be not as though they were God does that now let's go back over here so he says well let's go ahead and read verse 8 of chapter 9 of Romans that is they which are the children of the flesh these are not the children of God but the children of promise are counted as seed the ones that God has promised it to he's promised us even eternal life now let's go back over here to Romans 2 
And we were we just finished. I'll read twenty five again for circumcision verily profiteth if thou keep the law, but if thou be a breaker of the law, thy circumcision is made uncircumcision. Even if you're a Jew and you break the law, you're not a Jew. Jesus told the Pharisees, tells them in John eight, your father's the devil. I know you're of the seed of Abraham, but your father's the devil and the works of your father you will do. A father's not necessarily one that has fathered a child. You had to be doing the will of the father to be a child. And then he says in verse 26, Therefore, if the uncircumcision keep the righteousness of the law, shall not this Gentile, uncircumcised Gentile, be counted for a Jew being circumcised? And shall not uncircumcision, which is by nature, if it fulfill the law, judge thee, who by the letter and circumcision doth transgress the law? For he is not a Jew. I had some guy want to argue with me about Jews in Rome. He said, Jew come the word come from the tribe of Judah. You're exactly right. In the ancient world they called only the people of the tribe of Judah Jews. And the tribe of Judah was the fourth son of Jacob. But by the time of Jesus they had rounded all that off and they called everybody that was an Israelite a Jew. So he says, He is not a Jew which is one outwardly just because he's been circumcised in the flesh. Neither is that circumcision which is outward in the flesh. But he is a Jew which is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart. That's what true circumcision is, getting rid of that old man. In the spirit, not in the letter. The letter was blotted out. Whose praise is not of men, but of God. Now we should go to the sixth chapter of Galatians. How we cannot be spiritual Israel is beyond me. With all these verses in the Bible. If you go into some Baptist church and say, I want to talk about spiritual Israel. They're going to say, we're going to have to ask you to leave. That's how dim-witted Baptist preachers are. They can read this and say, we're not talking about that. What's it talking about? I've had people come here and say, going to the sixth chapter of Galatians. And I love this right here. I'm going to read a little bit of this. All through Galatians, it's talking about circumcision. Let me tell you why. Well, he says over here in the fifth chapter, he says in verse 6, For in Jesus Christ neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but faith which worketh by love, by agape. Faith works. Faith works by agape, which is walking in the commandments of God. Second John 6. How many times do I have to bring that out? Second John 6. 
This is love. This is agape that we walk after his commandments. Faith works by walking after the commandments of God. Let me put it this way. Death to self works. Death to the outer man to self works by walking in God's commandments. That's real simple algebra. You can substitute equals for equals and the result is equal. Death to self, which is faith, works by agape and that's walking in the commandments of God. Walk in commandments. Faith, death to self, death to the outer man. The outer man, which is serves the law of the flesh, that's death to the outer man is spiritual circumcision. It's cutting off self. You know, I can understand why preachers don't want to preach on this. They're going to be embarrassed talking about being circumcised. And they're just showing you how stupid they are. How they don't, they ever can't ever get to the depth of Scripture. Well, you don't want to talk about circumcised. That's some hell genitalia. Slap that guy. It's just dumb. You never hear Baptist preachers mention circumcision, do you? Because they don't embarrass some of the people. Now, look here in. Let me tell you about Galatia. Galatia is a state right in the middle of Turkey. All the others, Ephesus was a town, Trellis was a town. Laodicea was a city. Troas was a city. Galatia was a state. And when Paul goes on his first missionary journey, he leaves up here at Antioch in Syria, comes down to Cyprus, hits the coast here at Perga, and he comes up to Antioch. He's run out of town at Antioch. He comes over to Iconium. The same Pharisees come over to Iconium, run him out of town there, and he comes down to Lystra, and he heals a man down at Lystra, and they say, you must be a, you must be a god. And he said, no, we're not gods. And, and some of these same Jews from Antioch come over to Iconium, come down to Lystra, and they have been accepted by the pagans of Lystra, Paul and Barnabas have. But these religious Baptist preachers come over. That's about what they were. They come over here, and they get down to Lystra, and they stir the people up to take him outside the city and try to kill Paul. And they stone him and leave him for dead outside of Lystra. He gets up on his feet. He is banged up real bad. I've said it before, but stoning doesn't mean to pick up little rocks and throw them at somebody. It's not it. First thing they do is take you up on a high precipice. A precipice, that's a cliff. Either a cliff or a tall building. They'd throw you down hoping they'd break your neck or break your back. 
and then they would throw these 25 or 30 pound boulders on top of you. That's what stoning was. It wasn't throwing rocks at them. Paul looked like he had been on a camel going 75 miles an hour running into a wall. He got up and he's banged all to pieces and he made this statement. 1422, he said, right after you stoned left for dead, he said, we must, through much tribulation, enter the kingdom of God. He said, this is the way you get into heaven for telling people the truth. They killed him because he was telling the truth. He was preaching about the resurrection of Christ when he got over to Antioch. And at Antioch, when he was preaching that, he was preaching in one of the synagogues of the Pharisees. And they're the ones that had killed Jesus over here in Israel. And they hated him for saying that. And then he goes on down here to Derby. And then he says, we need to go back and check on these other people. Here he is all bandaged up with probably some splints on. And he said, let's go back to Lister and see how they're doing. Let's go back to Iconium and see how they're doing there. Let's go back to Antioch. Then he makes his trip back home. He was a glutton for punishment. No, no, no. He was a glutton for the commitment to God. Christ is what he was. Now, so on his way back, coming home from Galatia, coming home from this state, there were some Judaizers following him. Remember? Remember the proselyte process, circumcision, washed in water, and and uh, two turtle doves, remember that? That's what brought you in the kingdom of God. Some of these Judaizers were following him saying, let's go back and, and let's circumcise these Gentiles. He said, no, we're not going to do that. That'll confuse them. He's stopping. He's stopping the circumcision there in that 14th chapter. He said, no. Hey, they get back to Jerusalem and Peter stands up and he said, it was by my mouth that the Gentiles first heard the truth. Back in Acts 10, he said, God came to me and told me to go to the house of Cornelius and I didn't want to go. God dropped a sheet out of heaven, said, kill and eat every kind of animals on the, every clean and unclean animal. He said, not so, Lord, I've never eaten anything common or unclean. God said, don't you call common or unclean what I've cleansed. Go. What are you saying? The Jews believed that the Gentiles were unclean people and they wouldn't have anything to do with them. They wouldn't sit down at the same table and eat with them. So he goes to the house of Cornelius. He was of the Italian band. He was from Italy. And that shows that he was really just a Gentile. So when Peter's... So when when they're coming back, Peter stands up and he says, I said we weren't going to wash in water anymore. He says that in the 10th chapter. It says, who can forbid water? that they should not be baptized. It says that in the English text. That's not what it says in the Greek. It says, not the water forbid. Stop the water. 
All this will do is confuse these Gentiles thinking they have to be washed in water, circumcised, and go offer a literal offering. He said, no more. So when they're coming back, they're coming, Paul and Barnabas are coming back to Jerusalem on that second journey. And on the first journey, excuse me, on the first journey, they're coming back to Jerusalem. They have some men following them saying, let's go back and circumcise these people in Galatia. He said no. And James, the brother of Jesus, who was head of the who was head of this committee at Jerusalem, said, No, we're not going to do that. Paul says no. James says no. Peter says no. No more. No more rituals. Well, that's why you're going to see circumcision all through the book of Galatians. It's all about, no, we're not going to do rituals anymore. If you've read the book of Galatians, you're going to see all through there. It's not of circumcision. So, let's read here in verse 12 of chapter 6. As many as desire to make a fair show in the flesh. Let's show off. Let's show you how good I can sing. Let's show you how good I can play the guitar. Let's let me have some glory. That word fair show is the word you prosopon. E U P R O S O P O N. You remember the word prosopon, pros apo lepteo. Prosopoleptio is the word respect of persons. And it comes from pros, meaning toward, and ops. We get a word optical from that, to see something. Ops and lambano. What that means, lambano means to take hold of. It means to look at the outward appearance and take hold of, move toward and take hold of what you see. It means the surface. The words prosopon is the word face or surface. You just look at some woman, say she's good looking. I might get a date with her and I don't want to tell her the truth right now. If she's elect, she'll hear. If she's not, she won't. He's got money and I don't want to uh, offend him with the truth. I want to offend everybody with it that I can. Because if they're not, if they're God's elect, they'll hear and then he says, so you prosopon means a well surface, a well, a well outward appearance. That's what it means. So those who want to make a fair show in the flesh, they constrain you to be circumcised. They want to say, look at the look at how many people we've got circumcised. We've got a tote board in our church that says 250 circumcised last year. Only have that in Baptist church except 250 baptized. I don't like tote boards. That's showing off. And they constrain you to be circumcised only lest 
they should suffer persecution for the cross of Christ. That's talking about the daily cross. They want a daily cross. I'll show you ritual. That way I don't have to tell you the truth. That way I don't have to suffer for this daily cross. The, the people at Philippi hated the daily cross because their mind was on earthly things. Earthly is the word gay. It means dirt or soil. Everything you see is made of dirt. Everything. You, me, your car, these tables, your house, it's all dirt. came out of the ground. For neither they themselves who are circumcised keep the law. But desire to have you circumcised that they may glory in the number of rituals they can count. But God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. I believe he's talking about the daily cross, the one you have to die on because you're taking a stand for truth, for predestination and Christmas. By whom the world is crucified unto me and I unto the world. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision availeth anything. He's telling the Galatian church this. That was four towns that Paul went to where they were trying to kill him. He says, neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision. But what does avail is a new creature, catesis. Only the believers were called new creations. We are new creations in Christ. Cadesis. The vessels of wrath are not new creations. We are the creatures. And then he says, As many as walk according to this rule. What rule? A new creature. Peace be on them and mercy and upon the real Israel of God. Those that are new creations are God's Israel. How can we not be spiritual Israel when this says those that are new creations, this is God's Israel? The word rule is the word canon. This is the canon of Scripture right here comes to the word Cain they measured things by the Cain poles Cain I don't know how I can find this verse here and preachers can't find it God's Israel who walk according to this creation this rule it's because we are spiritually circumcised self is cut off now, I've got some other things to tell you here. Let me give you one more verse here in Galatians before I turn away from it. Go back over here to Galatians 4. I'm trying to show you that we are spiritual Israel and that we believe God and that we have to keep His laws. You're not saved by works, but you are saved by a working faith. Faith works by agape. I don't know how the Bible can say that. And these people say, we don't believe works has anything to do with it. In other words, you don't believe God requires any obedience from us? You are kidding, aren't you? The Bible speaks of being obedient to the faith. 
What if I said being obedient to death to self? Faith is death to self. You know that, don't you? Now, you go over here to the fourth chapter. Verse 22. Chapter 4 of Galatians. I meant to bring all these out the other day, but I just can't get to all of them. For it is written that Abraham had two sons, the one by bondmaid and the other by free woman. This was Isaac and Ishmael. But he who was of the bondwoman was born after the flesh. That was Hagar. When God says, you're going to have a son, and Sarah said, I can't have any children. I don't ovulate anymore. You go into Hagar and let her bear a son, and we'll call it your son. So she has Ishmael. Thirteen years later, Isaac's born. That's the promised son. But he was of the free woman. But he of the free woman was by promise. He that was of the bondwoman was of the flesh. That was Sarah trying to jump in there and say, Well, God says you're going to have a son. Let's help him. <coughs> Which things are an allegory? For these are the two covenants. The one from Mount Sinai. Now, what's he doing talking about Mount Sinai in the book of Galatians? He tells you here. Which gendereth to bondage, which is Hagar. And this Hagar is Mount Sinai in Arabia, and answers to Jerusalem, which now is, and is in bondage with her children. But Jerusalem, the city of God, which is above, is free, which is the mother of us all, all you Galatian Gentiles, and me and all the people that believe God and the church. How can we not be spiritual Israel? But we're heavenly Jerusalem, the church. And Jerusalem is our mother. And Jesus said, who is my mother and my brothers and sisters? Is it not those who do the will of the Father? There in Mark, the second chapter. I don't even understand preachers at all. I've been hearing this all my life. This is replacement theology. It is not. I didn't replace anybody. God knew me before the foundation of the world. He had chosen us in Him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love. He chose us to be His children, didn't He? His spiritual Israel. And then He says, for it is written, Rejoice, thou barren that bearest not. Break forth and cry, thou that travailest not. See, Sarah was barren. She couldn't have any children. But she did. Because God saw to it. For the desolate hath more children than she which hath an husband. Now we, brethren, as Isaac was, are the children of God's promise. He's talking to a Gentile church when he says that. We. Sounds like when he said there in Philippians, the third chapter, we, you, me and you, Philippians, you are up here on the northern end of the Aegean Sea right there. We are 
the decircumcision, he says. We're the, that's the term for it. And now let me read that again. Go over there to Philippians, third chapter. I love this. He's talking to these people, these Gentile people up here. This is the Aegean Sea in here. He's talking to Philippi. If that is not Gentile, like Mary says, I'll eat my hat and I don't even have one. I'll have to buy one to eat it. That's Gentile. And he's saying, me and you. We are the circumcision. We are Israel. He includes himself being a Jew of the tribe of Benjamin with the people at Philippi, the Gentiles. And he says that in this third chapter. Chapter 3, verse 3, For we are the circumcision, me, a Gentile, a Jew, and you, Gentile church at Philippi, me and you together are the Jews. We are the circumcision which worship God in spirit and we rejoice in Christ Jesus. We have no confidence in the flesh. That's the true Jew. He says it right here. He said the same thing in Galatians when he said, as many as walk according to this rule of a new creation, peace be on them and on the Israel of God. I, I don't even understand how can I find all these things? And preachers can't find any of them. And when they read them, they just read them real fast. And, oh, I don't think it means that. That's because you're ignorant. Now, whew, Lordy, may I've got so many things to say. I'm just, I'm tired of these preachers saying what they say. We are circumcised of the spiritual circumcision. Let me give you a verse over here in 1 Peter 3. 1 Peter, the third chapter. If you'll notice the words, these words are very, very specific. When you're reading, read it slow. Then he says here, He's talking about circumcision here. It doesn't sound like it at first. When you read it real close, it does. He's talking about Noah and the ark, and the people coming out of the ark. How much, Mike, how much time do I have? I'll try to get through this. He says, boy, I could just talk about this all day. Talking about being... Let me read 18. For Christ also has suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he, might, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh and quickened by the Spirit. Put to death and quickened is what can be expressed in one word. Put to death and quickened. Put to death is dying. Quickened is coming to life after dying. Quickened. Z 
Z-O-O-P-O-I-E-O. Coming to the life after dying can be expressed in one word, resurrection. Because resurrection is the word anastasis. That means to come to life after dying. That's what it means. Now, let's read the rest of this. But you've got to look real close and examine words real close to be able to understand what they're saying. Which sometime were disobedient. He said, which, by which he also went and preached to the spirits in prison. Prison, fulake, means the division of day and night. Day and night. That reminds us of predestination, doesn't it? Or light and darkness. Predestinate means to predetermine for the light. Predestinate prohorizo, pro, h, o, r, i, z, o. Later on, they added an n. The Latins added an n to horizo means horizon. It means to predetermine for the light or the horizon. That is, and thulake means the division of day and night or light and darkness. So when he says here, by which the Gentiles were in darkness from Adam all the way to Jesus. They All the descendants of Cain were in darkness. They were called uh, Gentiles. And they were in darkness and they never had a chance until Acts 2 where the, where the Word of God was preached to the Gentiles. And then he says by which he went to preach to the priests in prison. The spirits in prison were the Gentiles for a 4,000 year period. Which sometimes were disobedient when once the long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was a preparing wherein few, that is, eight souls were saved. It says by water. That's not what it says in the original text. It says dia. Through water. The water was not the baptism. The baptism was the pitch of the ark. Pitch was a red stained dye. When the Lord told Noah, pitch the ark within and without with pitch. The first word pitch, kafar, means to cover. The second word pitch is the word kofer, K-O-P-H-E-R, means to stain with a dye. Pitch was a red-stained caulking that they caulked all the boats with so they would not sink. It was the pitch that saved, they were saved through the judgment of God. The water was God's judgment. It was not the baptism. The baptism was the pitch of the ark. It has the same exact meaning as baptizo with babto. Baptizo, this is where you get the word baptized from. Baptizo with babto. It means to cover with a stain or dye. Cover, stain, and to die with the blood of Christ. Pitch with pitch has the same meaning as that. And this word pitch kapar is the same word as atonement. 
where they pitched the Ark of the Covenant with the blood of the goat right in front of the, where they offered this goat in front of the temple on the altar. And the high priest would go in, go through the veil, and cover the Ark of the Covenant with the blood of that goat. Now, he says, the like figure, anti-tupon, A-N-T-I, T-U-P-O-N, A-N-T-I-T-U-P-O-N, the same method. It actually means corresponding, the counterpart the like figure wherein even baptisms of thoughts will now save us, not the putting of the way of the filth of the flesh. He's saying not a literal circumcision, but the answer of a good conscience toward God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Conscious sunetesis. Soon. E-I-D-E-S-I-S comes from Ido. Ido meaning to see, to see, to see together. What's talking about, what gives us a good conscience is when this outer man start seeing with the inner man after years of trial and tribulation and persecution and going through all kinds of trouble and this man on the outer man who wants to serve the law of the flesh he's willing to vote with God's inner man and say I have to die daily Paul said I die daily if the inner man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily. You had to be condemned to a cross in the first century. You couldn't go to a cross. If you were a Roman citizen, you had to be a slave or you had to be a criminal to go to a cross. So he says, by the resurrection of Jesus Christ in us daily. So when he says not to putting away the filth of the flesh, he's talking about literal circumcision. It's not that. I've got so many more things. I was going to get back to Colossians, the third chapter. Do I have any time? Let's go back to Colossians, the third chapter. What this is talking about, Colossians 3, these are all talking about the inner and the outer man. The inner man is Christ in you, the hope of glory. The outer man is self, these physical bodies we live in that don't want to quit and give up our sin. Even when you come to a place of committing to Christ, you don't come to full commitment until you get old and go through a lot of fire and trials and tribulation. One of my favorite verses, Think it not strange concerning the fire trial, which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened to you. This is not strange. Strange is the word kenizo, X-E-N-I-Z-O. It comes from X-E-N-O-S, which is the word stranger, an occasional guest. Don't think that the fiery trial is something that comes occasionally. It's daily. 
When you tell people Christmas is pagan, Easter is pagan, it's the same thing as Mardi Gras, and you tell them David Cross, death to self, self-denial, that's what you're required of, they'll crucify you for that, and most people in the world will, won't they? And we don't like that. Well, that's too bad. Jesus didn't like it when his friends were crucifying him, but he knew he had to go through it. He did say, Father, be thy will at this cup pass me, and nevertheless, thy will be done. So when you go over to Colossians, the third chapter, I keep getting to the third chapter on the end of my lessons. He's telling you all through this, talking about putting on the new man, and he's telling you to put off the old man. And he's, I'm going to read the, the second verse again. Set your affection on things above, not on things of the earth. That word earth is the word gay. It means soil or dirt. Everything, I said it earlier, everything you see is made out of dirt. Your car is made out of dirt. It was in the ground before they... Before they pulled it out of the ground and manufactured it. Your diamond ring was in the ground. Your house was dirt. Your whatever, your, your TV was dirt. Everything comes out of dirt, the soil. And that's why men hate the daily cross. They don't want to give up their dirt. If that's important to you, you got to pray, God, make, take me to a place where that's not important. And then he says, I said this last week. He tells you to mortify, verse 5. Mortify, kill off. He's talking about the outer man. Necro, N-E-K-R-O-O. We know what necromancy is. Necromancy is talking to the dead. Necro means to kill off the dead man. That's self. I don't hear any. I don't hear any preachers talking about killing off any part of you. For you are dead. And he says it. Mortify therefore in your members which are upon the earth: fornication, uncleanness inordinate affection, unusual affections. You have an over, an overwhelming desire for that woman or that man or that car or those things. Kill it off. Evil concupiscence, covetousness, which is idolatry. Pleonectes is idolatry. Is serving what you see. P-L-E-O-N-E-K-T-E-S. It means to want more any way you can get it. If you have to be devious, if you have to be a little underhanded, if you have to tell a little bit of a lie to your mother or your father so you can have your way in a certain area. Don't ever do that. And he says down here in verse 8, in verse 8, Now you also put off, here's what you put off, anger. The word anger there is orgay. Oh, me. That's the hardest thing in the world to get rid of, isn't it? Orgay. The orgay 
is the anger that you have that you're because you think somebody's cheated you out of something and maybe they have and you got to get rid of getting mad at the world you got to stop that or gay wrath thumu which is a rage and blasphemy and filthy communication out of your mouth Lie not one to another. Don't lie over anything. Lie not one to another. Seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds. You're getting rid of the old man. That Paul talked about in Romans 7, in 2 Corinthians, the 4th chapter, in Ephesians, the 4th chapter. You're getting rid of the old me. That dies hard. You don't want to hardly do that. And you have put on in duo. Sink into clothing. Well, the Bible says our clothing is the blood of Christ. There in the seventh chapter of Revelation. What are all these people clothed in white? John said, I don't know. You know, angel. Tell me. He said, these are those that have made their robes white in the blood of Christ. So everywhere you find put on, as many of you have been baptized into Christ, have sunk into the clothing of Christ. Galatians 3.27. You put on the new man. You've got to study all these chapters together. Colossians 3. 2 Corinthians 4. Ephesians 4 and Romans 7, they all talk about the inner and the outer man. And the outer man is full of sin and himself. Boy, you, those people don't want to hear that, do they? That's too hard. The things that your flesh really wants to do, forget it. That's what he's saying. Cut it off. That's hard when you've had desires in life to have lots of money and to have lots of stuff and lots of things and I'm out of time I promise I'm going to come back and go through this chapter I'm going to finish up a lot of these things that we've started I've got all kinds of things that Bible is talking about but I got you know what I got to go through I got to go through Galatians, the fifth chapter, where the Bible says, These are the works of the flesh. You know what it's saying? These are the works of the outer man, adultery, fornication. It goes into it. You might not want to hear that, you know, because that applies to every one of us. Let's pray. Father, thank you for truth. Lord, I don't know how to get this message out to people. There's so much to it. I'm overwhelmed with it. I pray that you'll help us fight this battle of this outer man. Help the church to learn what to do and to get rid of that fleshly person. It takes a lot of effort to say, I will not do this. Lord, I've begun to pray, Lord, keep me away from temptation. We'll praise you for all things. Fight our battles for us. We can't fight. 
this world is too hard. We'll praise you for everything in Christ's name. Amen. As a Jew of the heart, you got to get rid of that outer man. You don't have any choice. No choice.